The estate planning team is an Ohio registered investment advisor. The following is for informational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any securities or financial products. Be sure to consult with a qualified financial advice and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. You have financial goals and dreams. We can help you achieve them. Welcome to Financial Food for Thought, the show that answers all the questions on how to maximize your lifestyle and preserve your wealth. Don't know much about history, don't know much biology, don't know much about a science book, don't know much about the French I took. Good morning, everyone. You found Financial Food for Thought. You got Mark Daly and Carrie Waddell back to school. Carrie, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, let's get started with the President of the United States. The right thing to do to help people avoid financial crisis, which helped our whole country as a consequence of that. That didn't benefit them. It benefited he's going to do it, Carrie. Ten thousand dollars student loan. I don't think he's going to be able to. Economic recovery. Economic well, recovery was faster and stronger than any other advanced nation. Uh, Biden, over one time, was thinking faster and stronger and than today. Now it's time today. to address the burden of student debt in the same way. Working closely with the Secretary of Education, he's got the hard job. What's his name? You know, Mine? Secretary Cardona. Thank you. All right. Here's what my administration is going to do: to provide more breathing room for people so they have less burden by student debt. And quite frankly, to fix the system itself, which when we came in, we both acknowledged was broken in terms of, anyway. Anyway, see, he's like, goes off the bat. Did you pick this song, Don't Know Much About, like, (laughs) (laughs) for a reason, and then play Joe Biden, Mark? See, what happened was he turned away from the teleprompter, and then he started going down the pathway, and he just, and then he just, something kicked and said, well, oh, I got to get back to the teleprompter. Oh. So he just said, well, anyways, and then he's back. Now he's back on the teleprompter. <laughs> First, we've made incredible progress advancing America's economic recovery. What? We've wound down pandemic relief programs like the ones on unemployment insurance and small businesses. It's time we do the same thing for student loans. Student loan payment pause is going to end. It's going to end December 30. I'm extending to December 31st. Okay, that makes sense. 2022, and it's going to end. At that time. Okay. It's time for the payments to resume. Okay. Second. Second. My campaign for president, I made a commitment. I made a commitment that we provide student debt relief. Right. And I'm honoring that commitment today. Using the authority Congress granted the Department of Education. I can't we'll forgive. No, that's good. Right. We got enough right. to go. Yeah. But I it, don't think he can. I didn't think he can do that. And how is it going to well, get paid for? They're using. They're blaming the Rona, Carrie. They're they're saying because during the pandemic relief, Congress gave the authority to for, I, I guess the president to right. reduce debt for people who are affected negatively by the Rona. Okay, well, and it's called the Hero Act, I think. Right. So apparently, if you went to college and borrowed money and never paid it back, you're considered a hero. But, which is ridiculous. So if I took out debt and I went on a shopping spree and I didn't pay it back, I'm not saying education, but it's a choice. It's a choice with majors. How about going to colleges and talk to them about the ridiculous cost of education? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I mean, everybody knows now the colleges have got, they, the government should have cut a deal with the colleges. First of all, they, they, they should have made the cap of one hundred twenty-five thousand dollars, right? It should be seventy-five at the most, right? Okay. Um, secondly, and then if married jointly and both husband and wife had loans, they each could write off seventy-five, or each right. the cap of each seventy-five would be one hundred and fifty for a couple, not the you know two hundred. You know. Or why don't so, you reduce the interest that the government's going to charge on some of these or something, right? Or allow student debt to be forgiven in, in a bankruptcy, but they didn't go that far. But I think that also they should have cut a deal with the colleges saying they got to match whatever the taxpayers kicking in. Right. At least half. But uh, right. Match. Because you don't think, look at the cost of colleges. Right. I mean, or how about they, uh, yeah. And, and if the colleges didn't like that too bad colleges, you, you know, you, you know, and, and I think they should have gone down that. I think it would have been much more popular 
had they done those things as opposed to what he's proposing? The legality of it, I don't know, Carrie. The, the cat's out of the bag at this point. Right, but I guess uh, it, you know, until you, it's implemented. You're not going to get that genie back in the bottle. But what it's going to cost you. If you're saving me, if I have student loan debt, I was talking to my older son, and I said, if you get 10000 eliminated, but then it's going to cost you 50, 60 grand over your lifetime in taxes or in the next 10, 15, 20 years, is it worth it? No. Well, it's not going to be considered taxable income. Is that what you mean? Right. No, I'm saying, how are they going to eventually pay for it? Eventually, taxes oh, are going to go have to go up, yeah. right? But I mean, the other nothing's thing, free. But the other thing that was clarified and was that it, it's not going to be considered the the debt forgiveness is not going to be considered taxable income to the to the individual student, which is good news. I mean, if the, if you're going to do that, um, but I, one of the other things too, though, that I don't know, getting into the little bit of weeds, um. He also when he when he when the president talked about correcting the system, you know, I mean, yeah, going forward, you've got to do something going forward so it just doesn't happen again. But I don't know if he, he talked about the the um, the income based debt repayment. Do you hear this? No. So so and my kids have done that where you you they what you have to pay back on your student right is loan adjusted is based on your income. On your and income. If your payment's three hundred, but your yeah. income's not was, what you thought yeah. it would be. They're going to make an adjustment. So they're going to make that more lenient. In other words, I think currently most people in that situation, it's it's capped at 10% of right. their discretionary income. And that's they're going to lower that to 5%. Mm-hmm. Okay? Um, and... So and then so and and if and the idea of that too was that if you did that for twenty years, right, under the income based debt repayment plan, right, what debt isn't paid off after twenty years is forgiven. Okay, but nobody's tracking it. That's the problem. <laughs> See, but if you don't track it, what's the point? Right, you so, can say what you want if nobody's doing anything about it. Right. So, but you know, so you have to track that if you're doing that. <laughs> But apparently, this plan has got something to help in that department. And then it's also trying to – the other you know, plan is the public debt re- – you know, if you work for a public and you, you get right. debt. And that's the government a, or a That's teacher. a mess, too, because th- there's no one Isn't tracking it. Isn't it a 10-year forgiveness for that? Yeah. And, but no one's tracking it. No one knows who qualifies and stuff like that. So, so apparently there's these websites. You know, the first one crashed on the night that he announced this. Right. Or, you know, it crashed. And so we'll see how it goes. All right. So enough of that. Um, I don't know. It, there's so much news, Carrie. Right. I don't even know where to start. Um all right. Well, I'll get us started at least. Oh, get us started. <laughs> Good morning, everyone. You're listening to I'm going home. Financial Food for Thought. We're here every Saturday morning on 1420 AM. We're a financial educational talk program here to give you helpful information or talk about relevant financial news and make you aware of issues and also opportunities and potential problems and making you aware. So hopefully you'll do something about it and take action and control the things you can control because we're certainly in a world of many things that are far out of our control and we're sponsored by the estate planning team and the estate planning team is an affordable fee-based Ohio registered fiduciary planning firm that's been around Cleveland now more than 35 years helping people who are working or who people who are already in their retirement years um, take the steps to protect their long-term financial stability and what we do is traditional financial planning and I've used this analogy years ago but I heard it again and I thought it's a good reminder is what we do it the financial planning that we do is like having a roadmap the first step is knowing where you're at now you have everybody like if you go to a mall even you see that you are here and then the second is saying where do I want to go and what we do is design strategies and give people a clear picture of not only how to get there, but how to get there in the best, most efficient way, how to create income tax efficiently, how to get clear on what spending you can do, um, and also addressing those um, you know, detours or th- things that can um, delay your trips or you know, on your um, journey. And whether it's in- income replacement needs for a spouse, long-term care, market volatility, or a market or a recession, higher inflation rates. You know, how do you address all of these issues? And what we do is the traditional financial planning um, modeling and help people also analyze choices, timing of social security. What are the best time? We have software to do that now that can put in 
if there's a couple or individual saying, if you think you're going to live this long and here's the spread, if I only live five years shorter or live five years longer, what's in the best case? What's the best timing to get um, the most cumulative benefit if I don't live as long, if I live longer? That's true of pension election analysis, IRA distribution, Roth. Um, We do enough modeling based on your goals to say, is this better? I mean, I may be okay, but can I make it better? And we're accredited and A-rated members of the Better Business Bureau, and we're um, super service award winners on Angie's List, and you can check out our reviews on Google as well. But we do offer a free no-obligation consultation, which we're happy to do either by phone or in person to see if our process is appropriate and if we can help you, whether it's on a limited hourly basis or through comprehensive planning. And you can call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090. Or you can visit our website and our website has newsletters. It has the free consultation. We have incentives. If you schedule in a certain time frame, you can listen to our podcast also. I already have quite a few people to sign up, so don't wait if you've been procrastinating. We have our IRA on Roth planning classes in September in Middleburg Heights. If you have IRAs, company plans, or similar assets, we're going to talk about all the rules associated with these assets, costly mistakes, misconceptions that people have, the SECURE Act that passed before, and um changes to the stretch IRA or elimination of it. And then the Secure Act 2.0 proposed changes. What are strategies you can use to minimize the income tax impact both during lifetime and to your heirs, Roth contributions and conversion rules. There's a great workbook we're putting together for all attendees. And we do ask that you pre-register. We have September 14th at 6 p.m. or September 20th at 3 p.m. Those classes are planning strategies and concepts. Or if you want an analysis based on your own numbers and come in for a free consultation, you give us our numbers. We're going to run your analysis to show you the impact of minimum required distribution and potential problems you might be headed for and traps so that you can be aware. You can call the estate planning team to register for the class or for the free consultation again at 440-239-2090 or financialfoodforthought.com. All right. So... Yeah, the, your analogy about the roadmap, Kara. I always say too. I like the. I like the even advance. I don't know if you remember, but well, sure, you probably remember a time where we didn't have like MapQuest, right? Right. Where we used to actually use the maps. Roadmaps. Right. Do you know you kids hard to find a map? When I was in North Carolina, I think I got visiting, some in my basement, Kara. I asked, give you a good deal. I on went them. to like three gas stations because my mom wanted this this spring wanted a map to yeah. look at just to see and. Yeah. They said maybe go to a AAA office. Uh, they said you have, to go, could, you have to get them on Google now. I couldn't get a map. But so, but when, but it was such a for, for the millennials out there. I know don't listen to the show anyways. But it was such an advancement when we got that was MapQuest, right? Because the the beauty of the MapQuest was that. Yeah, just like you were saying, you you start by you telling the robot where you're at today right. and what your destination is. Or the is. Garmin's, I remember when they were big. The Garmin's too, yeah. yeah, really the Garmin's, right? Yeah. And but the but specifically what so MapQuest, if you were doing it on your your home PC, you could print it out, you, right? You could print out the whole map, right? Or you or could print just out the, the drive directions. by drive, right? right. Turn left but, here, right? But the the beauty of those directions were it gave you red flags. Like it would say, you, you're staying on this road, A, right. until the, this point. Right. And then it would say, if you've gotten to this point, you've gone too far. Right. In other words, it would, it would, it would right. help you to realize you missed right. the, the turn. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it wouldn't let you go far too off, off course right. to get back on course. That's a great analogy of what we do with the financial plan. In other words, it, it's it's based on you know where you're at today in terms of your net worth, let's say, and it's also your destination is your longevity that you don't want to run out of money before life, whatever that is for you, right? So in between, it the roadmap or the the financial plan tells you if you're on track or off track. So it doesn't let you get too far off track. Or if it does, it reroutes you with those new ways or Google Maps. If there's an accident, and I've traveled plenty in the Carolinas, that right. it'll say, hey, do you want to go on this route? Because it'll save you 20 minutes. So I might have gotten there just fine, but 
Could you, you know, gather, with gas right. prices and time, my time and money is valuable, so it gave me a better way. And I think that's true. You might be okay, but what if you could make it better? And I think that's a lot of times where those tools that people use the financial or the investment tools that are online where, say, I build a plan, that's our starting place. That's the what we consider you are here. Right. Or your start. So, and there's a lot of economic worry today. So we're taping this show on Friday, and prior coming into the studio, Carrie, I listened to Fed Chair's Jerome Powell keynote address in Wyoming at Jackson Hole. And he was very short, very bold, and very straightforward. If you think the recession or the, a lot of people think that we're already in a technical right. recession. The pain recession has not hit yet. It is yet to come. And I kind of, you know, and, and th- th- because the f- he reiterated the Fed's main goal, they don't, you know, they don't like to use the word inflation. They like the words price stability. Their main goal is to get price stability. To you and me, that means inflation at only 2%. Okay, a lot of people thought he was going to waver from the two percent projection or or, or target or you know goal. No, he did not. (laughs) So the and and also a lot of people thought that they were going to pivot, meaning that the Fed was going to re you know draw you know not have as high interest rate hikes. The next one is in September, or actually stop them, or actually start cutting rates next year. He made it clear that is not what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of people, you know, you all heard the, you know, the, 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 the adage, you know, don't fight the Fed. Mm-hmm. And what the Federal Reserve came out today and said, look, we are going to stop inflation. You know, President Biden can't stop inflation. Federal central bankers can. And that's what they're going to do. And it's going to be painful. Now, how painful? I don't know. Um, is the pain going to reach you? Don't ask your neighbor how much pain they're going to, you know, you have to kind of figure this out for yourself. Um, but that's what we're going to, you know, that's what we've been trying to talk to our clients about for the last two years. <laughs> you know, the idea is saying, you know, are you planning for a worst case scenario? Now you can wait till it happens. And then that's like the Garmin telling you, you've, you know, all right, you've got to make a big adjustment right, right now because there's a roadblock. Right. Um, or you can, you know, try to see, you can just right now say, well, by the way, if this bad thing does happen, am I still going to be able to get to my destination? Or do I have to make changes now? All right. Um, now, this is where it, 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 you know, a financial plan dealing with an economic worst case scenario, it's more than just what mutual funds you're invested in. It's, it's more than just taking all your money and putting it in under the mattress or maybe taking all your money and buying one fixed annuity. Okay, that's really not the solution. Now, all those things could be part of the solution, but really you have to identify, and the only way I know how to do that is by having a good, detailed financial plan. Um, right, how do you know what you need I mean, to go buy a product or a solution, one, I don't believe there's one thing that's going to be the magic wand for anyone. It's usually a combination of strategies. But if you don't have a clear plan, how do you know what you need? Now, we some of the news, the data that came out was, again, good news. So, you know, we let's had, hear the good news because we sure well, need it. Well, the, the question is, has inflation peaked? Now, there's a big difference between inflation peaking and inflation back down to 2%. There's a world of difference. All right. Um, but we already looked earlier in the month, you know, with the CPI data. Remember, Carrie, that was the one that right. we saw, you know, all across the board, it looked like July's inflation was below June's inflation. Well, Today we got the PCE. That's the you know the um, personal consumption expenditure, and it's, actually that's the one the Fed likes to, to measure more right. as a true measure of inflation than CPI. And so we got you know again headline and core numbers, and you know we always look at two things: year over year, and also month over month, because the month over month is what's more currently happening. 
year over year gives us an, a rolling 12 months, right? So for so for example, all now with PCE, it's following CPI. And that for PPI, we looked at too earlier right. in the month. PCE, same thing in all the categories. It looks like inflation peaked in June. Okay. So here's July number. So July headline, you know, year over year came in at 6.3%. Previous, it was 6.8%. Okay. Month over month came in at 0.01%. Beating last month's 1.1%. Oh, that's a big drop. Big drop. And that's the gas. You know, that's, you know, that's the gas gas at the pump. was almost five. Now it's... So Under that's three fifty, and that's why the real economists and the Federal Reserve says that's why we don't care too much about headline. We care more about core, because actually the Federal Reserve has 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 made the statement many times. There's not a whole lot they can do about you know oil prices globally. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of other factors involved. All right, um, but and the other course is food also is in that you know headline number. So if you let's look at core, okay. So core year over year came in at 4.6%, beating the previous year over year 4.8%. Okay, beating and and, and so that now and, and and so that's now going to be and then month over month came in at 0.1, okay, beating last month over month 0.6. Again a, a big decline. And all these beat expectations. Okay? So so again it's more data suggesting that inflation has peaked. But you've also heard Fed Chair Powell say one month's data doesn't change the ship direction. Right. Okay, but clearly July's, all the July numbers have indicated that inflation peaked in June. We also got GDP. We got the second reading of the second quarter GDP. Okay, it came in. So if you remember, the first reading came in at zero point a negative zero point nine, and that's where everyone said, "Uh oh, here we have a recession because mm-hmm. we've had two consecutive negative GDP quarters." First quarter, it was down one point six percent. So now we got the second read of the second quarter GDP. It came in at zero point six, still slightly negative, but less negative than the first reading. Right, and there'll be one more reading buy on GDP before they finalize it. Right? Okay. And could it, I don't think it's going to make it positive. No. But what's the really difference between zero and a negative 0.5? I mean, is, right. you know, you know, that's why, yeah, maybe technical, but that's really not the recession. And really the story is it's in what, the, it's still the inventory problem. Um, and, and that's really, What's what's causing, you know, it, and because it, it, I'm going to blame the I'm go, I'm going to blame the Rona, Carrie. Right? Um, we have this inventory problem, right? That still is not corrected yet. That's true of I mean, and it's hitting every industry. Um, but I mean, in other words, we had the shutdown. Then, then we had the you know the 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 ship that was caught in the canal, right? Right. Then we had all those ships sitting out in the California Harbor because there's no right. one, no one was available to unload them. And then we had the China shutdown, you know. Right. And so it, it and and then and then the the stores, you know, when everyone was shut down, they loaded up on stuff that you buy when you're shut down, right? Toilet paper. Well. Uh, <laughs> Patio furniture. I'm going to say patio furniture right. again. Um, you know, and and but then when everything opened up again, then they had they were stuck with all this inventory that no one wanted to buy right. patio furniture. They wanted to buy European, you know, right. vacation tickets. Right. All right. So so then they had people were done with the staycation. So 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 now that had to get worked out. We still have China, you know, supply problems, right? Then we have the chip problem, right? Remember mm-hmm. all, all these. Oh you know, yeah. So the inventory isn't, it, and they said it was going to this beach ball bounce recovery. They said it may be a few years before the inventory gets worked out. Right, but you think about when somebody needs a part for their furnace or their air conditioning this summer. I've heard people said, "I got to wait eight weeks." Right, so it's it's going to be a while. So you know, inventories rose at an eighty three point nine billion rate last quarter, after increasing at a one hundred eighty eight point five billion 
pace the first quarter. They so that's a one point that decline in the inventories that accounted for about a one point eight three percent percentage points of GDP. See, that's what's screwing up the GDP right now. Right. That's why a lot of economists say no, it's not a true recession. It's because of supply chain issues, not because of yeah. What uh, normally? So so we'll see. That, but they're saying is the real recession, what I'm calling the pain recession, is yet to come. Oh, that's just right. great. Now, I thought so, we were sticking with good news. So here is <laughs> that was my good news. That was the good news. The pain uh, recession's <laughs> coming. Um, well, it, it's not going to be painful for everybody, right? I know, but but here's the point: an ongoing inflation rate of eight percent would be painful for just about everybody. Everybody, right? Now, a lot of, you know, everybody knows there's a huge wealth gap in this country, mm-hmm. and it's getting wider, all right? Um, for the last 40 years, it's been widening. No one seemed to be able to fix it yet. Um, but in either case, the the most, I don't know if you could say most, 50%, I don't know, Americans have, can survive an 8% inflation handle for a year. Right, but for ten, five, ouch! I don't even think they could handle for three, Gary. Um, I think people would be screaming, and I'm talking compounded eight percent. Right. In, in okay. other words, eggs went from a dollar to two fifty. If it went, if eggs go to five dollars by next month, right, it's going to be a problem. Year, you know, um, you know. So, so the so everyone again, and, and the, remember the, there was a lot of stimulus money left over. That got that helped with the rise of inflation. Right. The stimulus money is now gone. Um, what they do with it, though? Well, no one knows where it went. But what I'm saying <laughs> right. is, most they people that got a check has spent it. Oh, okay. Um, I thought you meant the government. Remember the coronavirus money that they never spent? I'd like to know where that is. I'd like to know where a lot of the money is. I don't think they that can they account, got that never that they can account for. Uh, it, it, don't get me started, Gary. <laughs> I mean, what's this student loan debt's going to be? Well, it's there's a it's a nice little range. It's either going to be three hundred billion or eight hundred. What they say between the IRA that was passed, the spending bill, and the student loan that Biden spent trillion dollars in the month of almost yeah, a trillion right. in the month of August. The, the IRA. What are you thinking? The, the, the Inflation Reduction Act. What a misnomer. Yeah, that's what eight hundred billion. Um, um, yeah, close it, to a so trillion. Yeah, and all right, so. Yeah, so th- so that's why the Federal Reserve says their mandate is they got to stop inflation because this country would not stand for that type of inflation no. for too long. And if and and you know, I don't know what Europe's going to do. More or less, Ukraine, I- and that's a whole nother issue, right? And China's got their own economic problems. Um, so we're back to the U.S. All right. So this was an interesting article. I found, Carrie, and the, the, the headline is, a majority of adults are worried about the possibility of a recession by the end of 2023 and say they're not financially prepared. Well, you've got to get financially prepared. Right. Now, this, this article goes on to say, um, okay, it was yeah, Bankrate Yuga poll of 2,390 adults. Again, a small you know, small uh, study between adults between um, in July, they did this study. The survey found that seven in 10 adults, 70% are worried about the possibility of recession by the end of next year. Nearly 29% are very worried about a recession. Okay. Okay. Um, The majority say they're not ready for the downturn. 41% 41% of Americans say they feel unprepared for a recession if it does not happen by the end, by the end of next year, while 17% adding that they are not prepared at all. So some are saying if it's the recession is a couple years out, they'll get prepared. But if the recession happens right now, they're not prepared. But it sounds like people are worried but not doing anything about the worry. So I'm worried about it, but eh, it's right. like... So what are you doing about it? Okay. So with the ones that are preparing, what steps are they taking? Well, scaling back spending on discretionary items. That's one of the first things that, that we look at, right? Um, saving more for emergencies. Um, paying off credit card debt. You know, if, if interest rates are going to continue to go up, that's pretty much what Fed Paul said today. 
Um, you know, p- building up, padding their retirement stash. You know, we always talk about it. when you're going into retirement, especially if it's coinciding with an economic downturn, you need to have a good cash reserve. Right. Because the worst thing you can do is start if, if you have to now, if you don't have a pension and maybe you're trying to defer Social Security to get the higher credits. Or maybe you're retiring before your Social Security full retirement age. You don't want to take the penalty for starting Social Security early. By the way, if you come in for a free consultation, we'll run your professional Social Security analysis. You know, that's still an eye opener. I'm not talking about something you do go out on the free internet. I'm talking about a professional one that really gives you in a decision-making mode saying, yeah, let's zero in on how that analysis, what the recommendation of when you should start Social Security is based on how long you think you're going to live. And you tell the robot, well, when would, when Mr. Robot, would you change your recommendation? How early do I have to die before you would change that right. recommendation? Or if I live this long, what's it, that, that's a very powerful tool. Now, it's, it's not the full answer. But it helps you get the full answer, right? Um, so, the so let's say because you're deferring Social Security and you don't have a fixed pension, you have to raise your cash flow in those first years of retirement out of your investment pool, right? And if that means you have to sell low, that's a bad thing. That's that sequence of returns. That's what killed a lot of right. retirement plans back in 2000 in the tech bubble burst, and again in 2008 in the Great Recession. Because those people who weren't prepared and they had to sell low, it creates havoc with the longevity of your plan. If you don't believe me, come in for a free consultation. We'll show you numbers, um, or come to the class. Right? You know, we'll, we'll, I go over a, a, a case in the class on that, a case history. Um, now, so, um, so, all right. So back to this article. All right. Um, the other the other potential solutions add additional income stream okay that's the you know if uh, going back to work right um or the side gig you know um you know things like that um and then the article goes on to say and 26% are doing nothing to prepare okay i think that's a lot of people saying oh, i'll worry about it when it happens i think that's true about people about any issues. So how are people feeling about inflation? Okay, 7 in 10 respondents believe that inflation will not have gotten any better by next year. That is a very of, negative Right, but thought. I think that's kind of a general question, I think. Do you know what I mean? How do you, well, yeah, I think it's going to suck for a while. Like, I don't think If you don't think inflation will be any better, in other words, if you, if you think that inflation will be at the same 8% handle, eight and a half, really, right now, eight, eight and a half percent. But do you think year, people give it that got, much thought? You better be planning. Mark, but do you think people think at that deep surface, I mean, deep level? I think they're thinking more like everything costs more now and it's probably going to cost more next year. They're not thinking about the eight. Right. Do you that, know what I mean? Yeah, that's, that's the all difference. they're thinking. Right. They're, that's, that's, and that's what we're, we've been spending a lot of time this year with our clients, getting them to understand that concept. In other words, inflation can go down real fast. My price of eggs. If, if 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 you go to the grocery store a month from now and a dozen eggs was no more than it is today, the inflation rate in that time period is now zero. Right. Okay. Um, but it, 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 that's the inflation rate. That's what that's what that's what the Federal Reserve is going to stop. They're going to stop this eight percent annualized inflation. Mm-hmm. But that also doesn't mean that the price of eggs is going to be dropped immediately right back down to a dollar a dozen. Right. That may take time. It may never go back to a dollar. Um, I don't know. But but so the point is, what we're doing with our clients' plans is we are now, if we think inflation has peaked, and we'll wait another month's data. Right. Um, you don't change just on one month's data. We'll see if, you know, the... August numbers back up July's numbers, meaning that inflation peaked in June. Um, but the idea is once you th- are confident that inflation has peaked, maybe that's the time you strike your current expenses. And that becomes your new base. Right. 
that you're ba- building on a future inflation rate. Right. Now, so what so now what should you be then planning for a future inflation rate? Well, we can look at some data, Carrie. Okay, so this is a, a, a wide variety of of economists and you know people think tanks that are saying this is what we're thinking you should be planning for inflation going into next year. Okay, um, and how sticky some of these things are. Okay, health insurance. Mm-hmm. That's a big one. It's a huge one. They're saying you better be planning seven percent for next year. I believe it. Okay. Um, prescription drug prices, maybe ten percent. Okay. Um, how about gas at the pump? They actually think it's probably going to be reduced. Wow. Well, that's something positive. Okay. They think you know the average for twenty twenty two right now is looking about four dollars and sixteen cents a gallon. Right. Like you said, it peaked in June. It was over five or five. Um, they're thinking 2023, it may be averaging about $3.25. Okay. Um, how about natural gas, heating gas? That's going up. Better budget 10%. It's, it's approaching electric? a 14-year high right electric, now. Electric, and right. they want everybody to go to these electric okay. vehicles. Uh, other types of insurance, whether you're still in business, E&O insurance, um, personal property insurance, you know, casualty insurance, um, roughly 5 to 10% increases for next year. Um, food. Okay. So food's going to probably finish up at about a 9% inflation for 2022. Um, but they expect that to fall to three to 4% in 2023. And that's the thing I know you're giving people an idea if they don't know, but we've had clients that want it's, you know, those financial model to look really ugly. So they may want an eight or 10 for a few years, then taper off. And the beauty of having these financial models is whatever you're worried about, we can show you a picture of what that looks like. And in many cases, people don't need to be worried that are absolutely worried. And then other people who are in that, I'm not going to worry about it, absolutely should be worried and should be doing something now instead of waiting down the road. Right. So... If you were doing this at home, again, another good tip is don't assume the same inflation rate for every type of expense you have. Because that the, in reality, in the real world, it doesn't work that way. That's why we spend a lot of time with our clients breaking down their expenses. Most notably between what we call daily living or mandatory expenses and clearly discretionary expenses. That's a clear distinction. But also expenses that are not going to be the same every year. Health insurance is a good example of that. You may be under an employer plan while you're still working. Then you may be retired pre-Medicare. And then eventually you're going to go on Medicare. Well, your health insurance budget should be changing along that timeline. And you need to make assumptions for that. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, another one could be you may have some expenses that don't go up with inflation, like a fixed mortgage or a fixed debt. You know, along those, you may also have expenses that you want to use a higher rate of inflation. We've just mentioned some on this that you may be higher next year, um, as opposed to other ones. So that's the idea that you know you 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 try to get in. But if you were if if let's just keep it simple for the radio carry. So let's say for daily living expenses, let's call that one category, and then we'll use health insurance for another one because health insurance again is one that we have always assumed a higher inflation than daily living expenses. Right. So let's say prior to the you know twenty twenty two, you might have been using maybe. Maybe maybe three percent on daily living expenses. Okay, I think that was probably you know what oh, most yeah. people were saying about three percent, and maybe five percent for health insurance. Okay, well, obviously that fell apart, or inflation was much higher than that in twenty twenty two. And then looking at so, but looking at twenty twenty three, you may say, okay, I don't think you know. I think you know, and maybe you don't believe federal that the, the central bankers are going to get inflation back down to two. Okay. We never used to either, unless the client wanted us to use to. It's always your plan, not our plan. I'll show you any inflation you want to use. Um, now, the or more importantly, I'll show you the difference in your longevity of your plan if you up the inflation rate. That's even maybe more of an eye-opener. Mm-hmm. That's the beauty of, of running. The, the robots can do that pretty quickly. Right. 
All right, but let's say so for 2023, you may say, hey, day living expenses, maybe you want to use 4 to 5%. Okay? And then maybe in 2024, maybe 3 to 4%. If you're thinking that by, you know, and then maybe ongoing, maybe you think the Fed and central bankers have got their work done by 2025, then maybe you want to use maybe 3.5% ongoing. So that would be one way of doing it. You know, mm-hmm. so you say for next year, assume four and a half percent. The following year, assume four percent. Then the following year, think we're back down to three and a half. Okay. And then for health insurance, again, you may want to use for next year sixty-seven percent, six or two seven, right? Not sixty-seven, Gary. Right. No, that would be <laughs> six to seven percent. And then the following year, twenty twenty-four, maybe five to six percent. And then maybe ongoing, maybe five and a half. So what what I'm thinking, what I'm going to propose to our clients. Gary, is I'm upping it a half a percentage point ongoing. You know, prior to this inflation run up, we were using maybe three and five. I'm thinking in the future, we should be using at least three and a half and five and a half. Okay. You know, something like that. And and see how that goes. Um, but that's just one way of doing it. And then that's a way of, of, of making an adjustment to your roadmap and then saying, okay, now am I still going to get to my destination without any other changes? Um, so that's, that's kind of the idea. And, and what the, what the financial model does, it says, now, if you, if you use that rate of inflation until, you know, for the longevity is that's the idea. See, that doesn't, whether inflation next year is 5% or 6% or 4%, it doesn't make, you're not going to run out of money next year. But in some weird way, it affects the longevity of your plan. If you use that higher inflation for 30 years. Or even 20, it makes a big 10. Right. And, and that's what we're looking. And it's hard to do those numbers in your head, especially when you add in a very complicated tax code. So, so that's what we try to do. And that's part of that, you know, saying, yeah, it, it's, it goes, it's just not picking stocks and bonds. I mean, it, it's more the idea of saying, yeah, you want to know if we do have this higher inflation for a couple more years, and then maybe then you know we believe in the Fed that they will eventually squash it. Now, on top of that, though, you also might have to model in an economic downturn, i.e., a recession, and that's where you're saying, okay, that's a market drop, you know, or that's you know, or possibly higher unemployment if you're still worried about if you're working and worried about the safety of your job um, or you, if you're retired but you don't want to have to sell your stocks low mm-hmm. in a recession that typically is going to drop those stock prices um, that you've you've built up enough of a cash reserve to get you through that economic downturn and I think also it helps people decide as far as do I have to, I wanted to retire at the end of the year or the end of next year. I'm worried about this. I think I'm going to have to work longer. Maybe you don't. Um, and I think that long-term modeling and that if you see a worst case scenario and you're still going to be financially okay, you may not, your pile not be might not be quite as big, but you can do the spending or you may not have to change your home remodel or your travel plans because you retired and you thought, well, I'm young enough to still enjoy it. I want to travel. You may not have to. And I think that's the power of planning. Or if you have to, you know how to model and make that adjustment. And that's what we do at the estate planning team. You can schedule a free consultation by phone or in person. We have affordable fee ba- fee options. We're an Ohio-registered fiduciary fee-based planning firm. And you can go on our website and register or call us for our IRA and Roth planning classes in September. You can call 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090. Or visit financialfoodforthought.com. All right, listen to Mark Dolly, Carrie Waddell, and we're the co-owners of the estate planning team. The estate planning team has been helping Cleveland families build custom financial plans for over 35 years. And over those decades, Carrie, we certainly have built a lot of plan R's or your worst case scenarios or plan R for recession, let's say. And But we've never really had to deal in the 35 years with this 8% inflation. And certainly a lot of baby boomers weren't paying the bills last time we had this, you know, in the seventies. Now some might've been, but a lot of Mm -hmm. them weren't. 
Right. And so they're, now they're paying the bills, and now right. and now that's inflation. So, but we do have a Federal Reserve who's learned from past inflationary um, uh, time periods, and they think they've got a plan, and they're sticking to it. Um, yeah, we we mentioned to carry the Inflation Reduction Act, which really the Climate Control Act. I could talk. This is an hour show. I could talk for easily any any one of these parts of the bill for an hour. You know, whether you talk about the corporate tax rate changes, um, the weaponized IRS, the is there any inflation reduction in this? Um, how do you get your green out of this new green deal? Okay. Um, you, you know the 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 or the the, the some of the I mean I could. The political pork. You know, I mean, who got who got the backroom deals in this, right? What did Mansion get? Yeah. What did Cinema get? But I have to. I'm, so we'll continue to talk about this throughout the year. I think it's a big plan, and and we'll touch on it. But I like. But let's. You want something positive, Carrie? So let's let's find. How do you get your portion of the green in this new green deal? Hmm. Well, one of them is the Medicare, right? Right. So if you're on Medicare, because we're just talking about, you know, how much is your health insurance premiums going to be going up? How much is your prescription drug cost premiums or prescription drug costs going up in this high inflationary period? Well, there's good news in this bill for Medicare recipients, right? Because part of this is they're going to implement a $2,000 cap for out-of-pocket prescription drug costs. Okay. That is a huge win. Oh, absolutely. You know, if if it, now again, now you some may, people spend two thousand a month. Some people spend ten thousand a month. Absolutely, uh, yeah. Um, or at least that's what they're. You know, that's why you gotta. There's a way to get help with that. Yeah, but. There's, there's lots of ways <laughs> to get help with that. But so that is, you know, and and so an estimated 1.4 million Medicare recipients spent at least two thousand dollars on prescriptions in 2020. Okay. Are you part of that 1.4 million? If you are, you mm-hmm. this is good news. Um, it also the bill would also dampen drug makers' ability to significantly hike prices. So, beginning next year, the drug makers that increase prices above inflation levels will be required to pay rebates. Okay, um, which a lot of them do, by the way, if you sign up for their programs. Right now, it also the big other change is it's going to allow. Medicare to negotiate drug prices. Now, this is, I don't know how big this is going to be because the, the first year, Carrie, I think the first three years, it's only going to cover 10 retail drugs. Okay. okay. Um, and then I guess they're going to test that and see if they're successful at it or whatever. And then that would eventually double to maybe expand to maybe 20 retail drugs. Okay. Um, but, you know, that's they're thinking that that negotiation is going to help pay for this bill. You know, okay. You know, so it's supposed to um, save the federal government about $288 billion over the next 10 years. They'll need it. Um, yeah, that's going to go right to student loans. <laughs> I was going to say more students. Um, and there's also, uh, there's going to be insulin caps, right, on, on, on the cost of insulin. Right. Well, didn't Trump do things about insulin and then Biden reversed it? I'm not sure. I thought um, it was diabetic medication yeah. and insulin. All right. So so every week we'll try to, you know, touch on a little bit. So there's it's not all bad news in the income refl- income reduction act. Mm. I'm going to call it the green or the, you know, based the climate control act. All right. Um but how else are you going to deal if you're going into um retirement and if we have a, a tough economic time or higher inflation? So also on this show, we've been talking about required minimum distribution. So it's the time of year that we always talk about year-end planning. And, you know, you got to start – if you are subject to required minimums, you got to make sure you don't miss them. Right. 50% penalty. You know, we talk about – you know, there's all this talk how the IRS is going to be weaponized and and come after you, uh, you know, everybody. But no. But there are certainly red flags. And for retirees, that's one of the biggest audit red flags. If you are not reporting – 
or if you're not taking your required minimum distribution. Right. Or you are taking it and you're not reporting it on your tax return, meaning that right. you're missing some of the 1099 hours, whether it be a pension, annuity distribution, or an IRA distribution, 401k distribution. When you do those, you get a 1099R. And by the way, so does the IRS. Mm-hmm. Your custodian sends one to you and one to the IRS. So if you misplaced yours, doesn't mean the IRS misplaced it. Right. And that's still one of the biggest matching errors that we see that the government says that, you know, the IRS says that they see. People are not, they're missing reporting taxable income. Now, we always talk about this is where you need to have your, I call it my cheat sheet. Right. right? Where especially we have some clients, carry that are in the double digits on the 1099 hours they get. Right. You take a husband and wife, they each got a few different IRAs around. Pensions. You know, and yeah, and and it's 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 not difficult to miss one, or you don't get in the mail. Not that we've had any mail problems in the, in the Rona shutdown, right? Right. And, and you know what? The other thing too, sometimes the ten ninety nine hours are wrong. We have one or two every year. Yeah, they're they've wrong. been reported wrong. Yeah, and it's easier to catch that before you file the return. Right. And don't file the returns too early because sometimes you get those corrected ones. Right. You know, and that's more on the taxable accounts, on the brokerage, the 1099Bs and the dividends and stuff like that. Anyways, um, so a word to the wise is efficient. So if you don't know what we mean by putting a cheat sheet together, come in for a consultation. And we, and actually our clients, their CPAs love that we do that. Right. Because by the way, the CPAs aren't doing it. They're not keeping a cheat sheet for you. Now, the good ones, if you've been working with one for a long time, they may catch it, mm-hmm. all right, um, but they may not, you know, and so don't, you know, be proactive, all right, um, and, and by the way, if, you know, don't get too caught up in the headlines of how, you know, this weaponized IRS is going to come after you, all right, if you're really concerned about that, have it get a CPA or a tax ask your <laughs> ask your CPA or the enrolled agent. Or you know. sign up for that audit protect. Maybe I bet uh, those TurboTax or tax right. cut are going to make a ton of money on audit. <laughs> yeah, ask them if you should be worried about a, a big target on your back for more IRS audits. Now, if you're in certain categories, red flags. Let's call mm-hmm. them self employment. Okay, don't pad your expenses. They, you better be able to document them. Mm-hmm. Don't commingle, if you're Schedule C, don't commingle your personal financial with your business finances. A lot of people do that and have the same checking. Okay. Um, don't get too aggressive on reducing your salary if you're self-employed to reduce the payroll taxes you have to pay and in, in, in exchange get your income out of the business through the pass-through. That doesn't cause payroll taxes. That's a as an issue. The LLCs are going to be a are going to be odd if you're if you're doing fancy LLCs. If you're not filing your income tax return, that could be a red flag. Right. If you're not reporting your side gig as income, that could be a red flag. Mm. So those are things. But if you're following the rules, you I don't think you're going to see this big problem. All, All right. right. Carrie, get us out of here. Call the estate planning team for a free consultation or register early for our IRA and Roth planning classes at 440-239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com. Go Jacoby. Tune in next week for more Financial Food for Thought. For more information about the show, for estate planning or upcoming seminars, call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090. Thanks for listening.